0: Derek here from Bomb Socks and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, If you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So today we're getting into this crazy book of Ezekiel. Now, it is crazy and it is unique because it comes from a man who who is in captivity right now. So let me give you a little bit of who Ezekiel is. So Ezekiel was a priest in Jerusalem, most likely right there at the temple. And he was a priest that was carried away into Babylon uh, in his fifth year of captivity. So he's in captivity as he's given this message. The Lord called him to be a prophet to teach the children of Israel for 22 years while he was in captivity to the Babylonians. So he has a unique perspective because he is smack dab in the middle with all of these captives. And the Lord says, hey, Ezekiel, I want you to share this message with them. Now, the kingdom of Judah has been entrenched into Babylon here, and Babylon is a very wicked society. In fact, you get if you get deep into the book of Ezekiel, which I don't necessarily recommend, there's a lot of crazy stuff in there, you see the worldliness and you see the decadence and you see the immorality that is in there and Ezekiel has to fight through that and teach them. In fact, you get kind of an idea of the kind of people that he is called upon. First of all, chapter one, he is given a vision of the Lord where the Lord calls him to be a prophet. Chapter two, imagine getting a mission call where it says, hey, Ezekiel, you're hereby called to serve as a prophet. Here's the kind of people you are going to have to teach. Now you look at verse number three of chapter two. It says, son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even to this very day. They are impudent children. There's a word that we don't always use. But impudent, if you look at some synonyms to it, insolent, cheeky, that's kind of fun, audacious, brazen, shameless. They are presumptuous, they are disrespectful, insubordinate, irreverent. Bold, ill-mannered, bad-mannered, you get some ideas here of the kind of people he's dealing with. And it calls them also stiff-hearted. We see the word stiff-necked, we also see hard-hearted. You put stiff-hearted together, that's a tough people to deal with. And he says, I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord, and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear for their rebellious house yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them." Now, it's it's this idea of like, look Ezekiel, you're gonna go teach them. They might not listen to you, they might, but they will know that a prophet has been among them. And that is a crazy responsibility to have. It's like, you gotta be bold, you've gotta be strong, and you've gotta be powerful. But he gives him a great promise in verse number six, "'Thou son of man, Be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. That reminds me of what we just studied in Jeremiah a couple weeks ago. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 8 said, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Now, Ezekiel is given a unique charge in chapter 3, to warn them we are introduced to an interesting concept which we see in the doctrine and covenants we also see it in ezekiel and it is a concept of the watchman on the tower now you go to verse number 17 of chapter 3 and it says son of man i have made thee a watchman unto the house of israel therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me and the lord gives him some powerful words he says look if you warn the wicked man and he doesn't change, then the wicked man's gonna die, but you have saved yourself because you have warned him. But if you do not warn him, then this is on your head. And that's a bold statement, and it's a lot of responsibility to be able to put onto Ezekiel, to be able to basically say, hey, look, if these people change, You can be part of this because you have given them an opportunity to be warned. Now, as I'm going through this, I'm reminded of what it says in Jacob chapter 1. Many of you know this. Jacob chapter 1 verse 19 where it says, We did magnify our office unto the Lord, taking upon us the responsibility, answering the sins of the people upon our own heads. If we did not teach them all the word of God with all diligence, wherefore by laboring with our might, their blood might not come upon our garments, otherwise their Their blood would come upon our garments and we would not be found spotless at the last day, which is kind of why you've got in section four of uh, Doctrine and Covenants, where it talks about if you share that gospel, you know, the the field is white, all ready to harvest. And as you share that out there with all your heart, might, mind and strength, you will stand blameless before God at the last day. There is a unique accountability to you and I as members of the church to be able to share the gospel with others, to be able to warm this world. You know, there are people out there that do not know what you and I know and we must tell them, and oftentimes warn them. But I know you're probably thinking, okay, that's that's easier said than done because I'm not a missionary and that's hard to be able to do, right? What do I share with them? And not, I don't want to come across heavy-handed. I don't want to just walk out there with a big sandwich board that says, repent for the end is near. Yeah, that's not going to go over too well. One of the things that I think is so cool is you go back to the end of chapter two and the Lord says, Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. Now, you go over to chapter 3 again at the very beginning. And what is he given? He's given a roll. Now, trust me, I've taught seminary for many, many years. I've had students like, sweet, he got a roll. You know, They're envisioning this beautiful cinnamon roll with all of this icing on it. Now, it's kind of cool. It's like, eat the roll, right? But the roll, if you click on it, it says scroll, right? So he's given him the word of God. But I love how it is described here. He said unto me, this is in chapter 3, verse 3, son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. You know, what's interesting is the reason that you and I share the gospel with others is not to convert them. I remember listening to a podcast a couple years ago and it wasn't even an LDS podcast, but it was talking about the concept of neighboring. And I thought that was kind of an thing and the idea was brought up that why do we share goodness with our neighbors and this this gentleman again not a member of our church but he said we don't do this to convert others we do this because we are converted it's because that gospel of Jesus Christ has become sweet to us and what do we do we share that goodness it's like making a big cinnamon roll and what do you do you share it with others because you know how good it is right and so again you don't want to get on the other side and you have someone come up to you and say dude you make." good cinnamon rolls and you never shared them with me. Um, and well, I was scared that you wouldn't like cinnamon rolls. He's like, it's a cinnamon roll. And so again, I know all of this is easier said than done, but if you remember that the message we have to share is a sweet message, it is a good message, and it's a message that people want to hear. They want to have what we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have. They want to be able to have that hope. They want to have that confidence. They want to have the hope for eternal families. They want to know that they're not cast off forever, and they want to know that they can repent and change. That is a sweet message and that's a message that needs to be shared and how we share it with them is also very important so anyway I love what Ezekiel has brought up here in these first couple chapters or so the whole concept of this is look you're in a group of people who need to have that gospel shared with them and hopefully we have the confidence in the Lord and in the message and in the abilities of the Holy Ghost to do what he does so well to be able to share that gospel message with others I know that's true and it works I've seen it happen in my own